Great to be back on Search the Scriptures again. Wonderful to be here. Have the opportunity once again to open up God's Word and study along with all of our listeners. We appreciate you being there so much. And we know we hear from many of you who are listening, as you tell us, every day or very, very frequently. You may not have the opportunity to catch the program every day, but you listen very, very often. There are others who listen frequently, but may not have the opportunity to listen as often as some of the others because of work schedules or whatever might come along. And then there are others who listen here and there, and there are always new listeners, and we're thankful for every single one of you. If you're listening for the very first time, our prayer is that you will become quickly impressed with the fact that this is not a program that talks just about God or about Christianity or about the Bible. We study the Bible. We help you learn the teachings of God's word. We dig deep. We look at it in depth and detail, and yet we try to explain what God's word says in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your daily life. We want to help you come closer to God by helping you learn his word more fully and more completely, more correctly. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So as you learn God's word better, more fully, then your faith in God should be growing. And as that happens, you should be coming closer to God. And our prayer is that you will come to him all the way, his way, repenting of your sins, accepting Jesus Christ as his son and your Lord and Savior, confessing him openly, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins. The blood that he shed on the cross is still 100% effective to cleanse you of the guilt of your sins as you are buried with him in the waters of baptism. Our prayers then would be that you would begin that new life in him, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, and walk with him in faithfulness and dedication for the rest of your lives. Our prayers are with you, and our prayers are for you. And along that line, we continue in our study that we've been looking at for quite some time now, talking about dedication to God, but not just dedication in a general way, we're making the point, emphasizing that how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. It can't be just something we call dedication. It can't be just some feeling that we have that we're really dedicated. It has to be something that we live and something that conforms to God's word, what he wants as dedication from our lives. A whole lot of people, they base a lot of their faith in God and their supposed dedication to him on their feelings. It's emotion to a great extent. Feelings and emotions, while they're a blessing from God, if we rely upon them exclusively without objective support and direction, then we're ultimately destined to make many serious mistakes. And I would suspect that everyone listening today has had that kind of experience in your life probably a number of times. 
you did some things, you made some decisions, you took some courses in life that, that really felt good at the moment. You felt good about doing those things. And then later on, you came to realize, boy, did I make a mistake. Was I wrong about that? Or was I wrong about that person who I decided that they would be a good friend? Because it really felt good how I felt about them. But I learned later that was not the kind of person that I needed as a friend. Well, we've all made these kinds of mistakes. It can't be just what feels good. We can't base our dedication, our faith in God upon feelings. We have to base it upon his word. As we say over and over on Search the Scriptures, faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So we need to make sure that our faith, our beliefs, our dedication and commitment to God, our faithfulness to him conforms to what the scriptures teach on those matters. How we dedicate ourselves to God is important. We saw that David learned that lesson the hard way when he transported the Ark of the Covenant in a way that was not as prescribed in God's word. And a man lost his life as a result. When David went back to Jerusalem and did his homework and studied God's word more carefully, he came to realize that God had prescribed a specific way that the ark was to be transported. And David then took steps to make sure that it would be done exactly that way by exactly the people God prescribed who should be the transporters of the ark whenever it would be moved. And then they were able to transport the ark safely the rest of the way to Jerusalem. David learned how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. So that principle being established, we've been looking at a number of specific applications of the principle. When it comes to doctrinal matters, what we believe, what we teach, what we practice, how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. We can't just believe something. We've got to go by what God's word says. Now that's going to contradict and conflict with what a lot of people have been taught and what a lot of people have believed doctrinally. But when we see those contradictions and those conflicts with what we believe, what we've been taught, if we're going to be true to God, we're going to set those things aside and we're going to go by what the Bible says. If that means fundamental change in what we believe and teach and practice, then so be it. God's word is the guide. That is the authority. When it comes to how we obey God's teachings, how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. We cannot change the plan of salvation. We cannot change God's instructions as to how to follow him in faithfulness. We simply have to submit to his will, communicated to us in his word. When it comes to how we worship God, how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. Some people think they can worship God while they're, instead of being with the church on the first day of the week, they can just be out in their bass boat on the lake someplace fishing, and they think, that's worshiping God. Baloney. 
That's the devil talking, and he's simply using your lips. God sent his son to this earth to establish the church, Matthew chapter 16. That means it's important. The church is here for a reason, a fundamental purpose, and for us to suggest, for us to suppose that we don't have to be a part of it or we don't have to really pay attention to our relationship to the church is ungodly. And again, it's the, it's the devil hoodwinking us into believing a lie. How we worship God is important. We should be partaking of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week. Every week has a first day. Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. We should be singing the praise of our lips. That makes it personal. Making the melody in our hearts. That's the example of the early church. Not banging it out on mechanical instruments and not appointing a choir to sing for us. They can only sing for themselves. They can't sing for us. We're supposed to do the singing. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19 and Colossians 3 and verse 16. When we give, we should give from our hearts. We should give in sincerity, recognizing that what we're giving was given to us to begin with by God. And we want to worship him through our giving. And then he promises that he will give back to us in accordance with what we give to him. When it comes to sitting under the words of the preacher who is preaching the gospel, who is preaching God's word, who is teaching it, we need to be attentive. We need to pay attention. We need to take it in. And we need to realize that this is food for our souls. And it's vital to our spiritual well-being and development, to our maturing. And we need to pray to God continually, continually. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17. Prayer is our personal hotline to God, our communication line to him. And we need to always keep it open with purpose and on purpose. When it comes to our commitment to God, how we dedicate ourselves to God is important. We noted in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 and 38, that when Jesus was asked, what is the great commandment in the law? He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. In other words, with every bit of your being. We noted in a number of passages where Jesus said that we have to put him first. He has to be number one in our lives, above all others and all else, even to the point of putting him ahead of our father and our mother, our husband or our wife, our children, our friends, our aunts, our uncles, our grandparents, any other relationship. He has to be number one. And he said that we must take up our cross and follow him. In other words, our dedication to him, our commitment to him must be active, serving. It cannot be just spoken. It cannot be just felt. It has to be active. Now, Jesus conditioned his openly owning us before God 
upon our openly confessing him before mankind in this world. We must be absolutely openly committed to our Lord. In this country, that's a fairly easy proposition. Now, you may hear a little bit of hesitation in my voice as I say that. And the hesitation is there because it's becoming more difficult from a social perspective to openly declare our commitment to our Lord. Now, some of you may be scratching your heads, especially if you're listening to the program for the first time and saying, what do, what do we mean uh, more difficult, uh, more socially difficult? What I'm saying is we have a culture that is, that is being ramrodded by a philosophy called political correctness. And political correctness has been allowed to run amok. It is turning our culture upside down. The character of our nation is being eroded because of this false philosophy of political correctness. And within that political correctness of our day is the notion that Christianity is old-fashioned, narrow-minded, bigoted, corrupt. And so when somebody stands up against sin in the face of somebody or maybe a group of people who are committing sin or living in sin or espousing sin, well, then the Christian is put down, ridiculed, demeaned might even be persecuted violently because he has stood for righteousness. Now that's why I say it's becoming more difficult to just openly live that life of declared commitment to God and to Jesus Christ in our, in our country today. Our culture is turning on its head. And people who are standing for righteousness are being declared virtually the enemy today. And all kinds of ungodliness is being not just perpetrated, it is being promoted by our society today. And things that, that lifestyles that, that people not very many years ago almost universally recognized as being ungodly are now being crammed down our throats and we're being told that, it's, that those are good lifestyles, godly lifestyles, in spite of the fact that the scriptures condemn them openly. We have to stand up for our belief in our Lord. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 and verses 32 and 33, that he wants us to openly confess our faith in him. Notice his words. Whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. 
But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. The Apostle Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, a man named Ananias, a Christian, sent by the Lord, came to a man named Saul of Tarsus. And he said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Calling in the name of the Lord. As Saul of Tarsus would submit to God's will of being baptized into Christ for the remission of his sins, that act of obedience, of submission, would be an open declaration of his belief in Jesus and would be his calling on the name of the Lord for forgiveness and salvation. But Jesus wants us to openly confess our faith in him. And not just one time verbally, that's important, but through our lives on a daily, ongoing basis, we're to confess our faith before men, before all those around us, that we believe in Jesus as the Son of God and our Lord and Savior. And we believe what he said in John chapter 14 and verse 6, when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So when somebody says, well, well what about all of those who don't believe in Jesus? What about all the atheists? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, that leaves out everybody, no one, there are no exceptions in that statement. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, what about all the, the, the Muslims who don't believe in Jesus as the Savior and the Son of God? Jesus said, and this is God's word, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, what about all the, the Jewish people who believe in God, but they don't accept Jesus as the Savior? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, can it be any more clear than that? That's a dogmatic statement. That's not beating around the bush. Jesus wasn't being wishy-washy in making that statement. He said it exactly as he intended it. There's no getting around it. That's what he said. Only through him can anyone come to the Father. The apostles taught that. Again, openly. Even at the, the point or at the threat of some kind of of judgment against them by the Jewish officials. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 2, uh, verse 12, Peter said, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven 
given among men by which we must be saved. And he was talking about Jesus there. On Pentecost, when Peter's sermon was highlighted, he told the Jews gathered there on that day, in verse 36 of Acts chapter 2, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. He is the Savior of mankind, all of mankind. He is the only Savior and the only way to God, whether anybody believes in him or not. There is no other way to God. There is no other Savior. That's what all of these passages are, are saying. And they're saying it very directly, very clearly, in a way that is very easy to understand. There's no getting around that. Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 24, If you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Now, is Jesus being unloving, unkind in his words? Remember, Jesus is God's, is God the Son. His words are God's words. In chapter 12, in verse 48, Jesus went on to say, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has one that judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. How we commit ourselves to God is important. We cannot throw aside God's teachings because they don't feel good to us or because we would like something more convenient according to our own devisings. We can't set aside God's teachings because, well, you know, my family didn't believe that kind of stuff. Your family has to stand before the Lord on Judgment Day themselves, and you have to stand before the Lord yourself. You need to be the example, and maybe by your example, you might lead some of your family to the truth and to salvation through Jesus Christ. We've got to be what God has instructed that he wants us to be. We've got to follow his word and his teachings. And our dedication and our commitment must be absolute. Not piecemeal. Not halfway. Our time is up for today, so we'll stop here. We'll come back next time and continue. Do make it a point to continue to study through this particular series with us all the way. This can change your life, not only for good, but for eternity. In just a moment, we'll tell you how to contact us, and you can receive a free Bible study that we send all over the country, literally. It is free. We send it through the regular mail. Through this study, you can learn how God wants you to come to him for forgiveness and salvation and to live before him in faithfulness. The study is free. We'll take care of the postage. Jot down the information and then contact us right away. We hope to hear from you soon.